Good morning. Good morning. I am so excited. Well, uh, as Emily said, I'm Cody. I'm a student pastor here, and, and I love every opportunity I get to speak with you guys. Um, in the Gurky household, we have this lovely ruler, and, and in it, it is whenever one of the kids grabs a marker, they come over, and you can see they, they've kind of drawn some of the things on there. Um, but each birthday, we measure their height. And so we mark it, and then we mark the date. And it's so incredibly exciting to see, like, my two kids turn around and go, oh, look how much I've grown. This is amazing. And then they encourage one another, and they get excited over this growth. And so today, I, I want to look at the ruler, and I want to look at us. Have we ever asked, how do I grow as a Christian? Um, I think as we open up to Romans chapter 12, and we start to look at what Paul is saying to the church in Rome, Rome, we see a very practical measurement or step in how our lives being transformed by submitting to God's rule. And so, turn with me, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Growing up in the church, I've always heard this. Don't, be trans or don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love how the NLT puts that. It just says, don't copy the behavior and customs. Don't copy what's going on around you, but rather allow God to transform you by renewing or changing what you think. See, in Romans 12.1, Paul is pleading. He, he, is, he is begging the church to make a decisive commitment. In the last few weeks, we've talked about attending. So if this is your first week here, go, go through our YouTube channel. Find that. It's a great text. And it's really, Andy wrestles with the idea of who do you say that God is? And last week, Daniel talked about connection and, and, and what that would look like. And right now, today, this is imploring those of you who have committed to Christ, what does it look like for you to grow? What does it look like for us to continue to be lifelong learners? You see, in, in 1, in 12.1, Paul makes that plea. Make a decisive commitment. S offer yourselves as living sacrifices. But in 12.2, he talks a little more about the maintenance of that. And he says that, <clears throat> I feel like he, he kind of describes growth as a transformed life. A, a life that is um, <clears throat> seen through the evidence of what your actions entail. And so today, as we go through chapter 12, we're really looking at, at what that might be for you, for me, and, and for everyone here but there's a word that I said early on that I struggle with. Uh, I said that it's a transformed life by submitting to God. In high school, I was a, I was a wrestler, um, and the word submission and wrestling don't go together. 
Uh, not at all. In fact, um, my coach explained submission as giving up. If you were submitting, you were saying that you had lost and he had won. Um, I really struggled with this. I am a very prideful person. I know it's a shock. Um, but I, I did not like the idea that I would give up on anything. And for me personally, that shot at my pride really, really started to, to not just take hold in my wrestling career, but also um, started to affect me in, in every possible area of my life. Um, I, truth be told, I grew up in the church. I, I attended, and I would say I was very connected. But I never submitted. Because submission meant that I was no longer in control. That my plan, my power, was nothing. I didn't like that. I wanted to be something. And so I, I rather than understanding who God was and, and understanding that his life and plan for me was going to be so much greater than anything that I could plan myself, I chose to attend and connect and stay there. I didn't want to move forward in my relationship, and so I never submitted to God and allowed him to transform my life. See, and in the end, I ended up walking away from the church. I think it's interesting because in verse 3, Paul really calls this out. He says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, Paul, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. My pride got in the way. And I was never able to truly evaluate myself as a sinner I was. But he goes on, he, he doesn't stop there. He goes on and says, just as your body has many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. I find that in the middle of that humble pie, um, I realized I was thinking too highly of myself and it wasn't until I was probably 22 that I, I fully understood that my plan was horrible. It wasn't working out. Nothing, nothing was coming together the way that I had hoped. And I fully gave everything to God. And that journey has been incredible. It has been probably the hardest journey I've ever been on. And my life is constantly being transformed. Even as I'm reading this text this week, it is challenging and convicting to me that I need to continue to know God's heart. And in order to do that, I have to renew my mind. And I finally made that decision when I was 22. And I know that we, myself, I was not alone in the need and desire to submit to Christ's body and to, to fully engage. And just like Daniel said last week, we, we are one body. We are one congregation. And we all belong to one another. 
And I think verses 4 and 5 really set the stage for what 6 says. And so what, what Paul is about to speak to us is, is it's empowering. It's exciting. It, this, is, this is not something like, oh, well, now that I have this obligation. No, this is, this is something that we should rally behind and, and become like an identifying piece of who we are here at North Point. He goes on and says this. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. And if God has given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Is that not something amazing? Like, and if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know if any of those are giftings of mine. I don't, I don't know. Well, we can go back to chapter or verse 2, and it talks about how we can know what God's will is. Because God had a will or a purpose for us existing. And so what that breaks down to is that the church is made up of many parts. And that each part is absolutely vital. Everyone has a part or a role to play. And, and in that, we, in order for us to know our role and play it well, so if, if my role is to encourage, I want to know how to do that through the lens of God. If my role is to lead, I want to know how to do that through what God is, is cultivating in my life. And how do we know that? Well, Paul says we can gain the knowledge of God's will. In verse 2, can you flip back to that? It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. If you want to know God's will, we have to know God's word, and we have to use that to change the way we think. So if you become a Christian, nothing changes. There's no transformation. There's no, like, you just you said the words, and you did the actions, and that was it. Like, are you living a renewed, transformed life? Or, or maybe you've been at this for a while and, and, and you feel like, you know what, I've got, I've got this pretty well figured out. I know, I know what's going on. Are you still living a renewed and transformed life? I say that because I read the book Harris and Me. Has anybody read that a long time ago? Yeah, thank you, Craig. I love you. Um, <clears throat> Harris and Me. I read it in seventh grade. I can tell you a couple things about it. I thought it was hilarious. Like, it was a super funny book. But I don't know the point of it anymore. I couldn't tell you the purpose, and it probably won some form of award, and that's why we read it in class. But I, I don't know what really it was about. So don't hold me accountable to that. But, I, but have you ever read something a long time ago and tried to remember what it was? Yeah? 
I'm, I'm kind of blurry, and you're like, I kind of remember I enjoyed it, but I don't know that much about it, uh, you know? Don't let that be God's word. Please don't let that be God's word. We never want to blur the image of God by failing to renew our minds. Like, knowing who God is, is directly spoken to us through Scripture. It's an amazing thing. It's an awesome journey. We can be a part of it all simply by just engaging with who He is through His Word. You see, I would, I would agree with you that growth is honestly, it's kind of a hard step. It's, it's not something that I even excel at amazingly. Um, especially when sometimes our busy pride gets in the way. Um, you, you've heard this said before, but hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. And, and oh, it's like, a, it's like a badge of honor. Like this is what I've been doing, I'm busy. Like look at how much I've accomplished, I'm busy. But God makes it very clear that some of the things that he asks are for rest to slow ourselves and reflect and understand who he is. And sometimes our busy pride keeps us from growing, from being a part of God's body and from using our gifts. And so if we are willing to submit to God and renew our minds by reading his word, God will continue to transform our lives and move us into action. There is never a spot where we reach it and we're good. But this, honestly, this next section is one of my favorite parts of this chapter. It's, it's a very practical section. I like seeing follow these things. Just kind of how I am. Uh, and so in verse 9, we pick up and it says this. Don't pretend to love others. That's super convicting for me. Really love them. Like, genuinely love them. Like, a lot of times, I personally struggle with this because I want to be seen as a loving person, but I don't always follow up with the actions. And, and that is something that I will fully admit to you that I am working on and God is transforming my life in. Um, and then it goes on and says, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be too proud to, the, to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Yeah, that one was hard too. Uh, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. If we take individually those and we try to like, well, I like this one, so I'm going to choose that. I'm a pretty peaceful person. 
But I don't really want to submit the pride. I don't, I don't really want to have to like embrace hospitality. That seems difficult. I don't want to do that one. So I'm just going to focus on this one and pick and choose. Well, I'm going to take us back a couple weeks. Andy said, in order for us to grow, <clears throat> it starts by answering Jesus's question in Matthew chapter 7. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? Is the Lord of everything, of all that you are? Are you submitting every aspect of your life to him? Or are you still holding on to control in some way, shape, or form? Because if it's the latter, then maybe we need to hit that like reset button and continue to give that back to him and continue to submit to God's desire for our life. And then the next step, Daniel talked about connection. Well, are you connected to his body? Are, are you connected to a church? And just as we said last week, the, the good news of Jesus is intended to transform lives. And until an individual Christian chooses to live out their understanding of God or theology, the gospel has not accomplished its purpose. Until each and every one of us chooses to fully live out their understanding of God, then the gospel has not accomplished its purpose. You, you have to own it. We have to own it. We have to be an all-in group of people. And that is not what our culture wants or advertises at all. And then after we attend and we connect, there's a process here. It's a journey and everybody's on it at different stages and we can be encouraging to one another. I love how Xander turns around and he sees Phoenix. Look how much you've grown. That's amazing. He's not saying, I'm taller than you. You suck. <laughs> no, he's encouraging. He's excited. He, he, is, he is honestly like, it's one of the like highlights of my year just seeing that process happen. And I want that to be true. I think it is true here. And I really do. I, I love serving here because I think we're encouraging to one another in growth. And it's super exciting to see. And I think that this section of scripture is incredibly powerful. And that if we take it and we want it, the, if we take this section of scripture and we, we go home this week and we meditate on it, if, if we take and read chapter 12 every day this week, asking ourselves, do I pretend to love or do I do it with real and genuine affection? Do I hate what is wrong and hold tight to what is right or do I even really know the difference? Have I showed, loved today and delighted in honoring my fellow Christians as we walk along each other? Am I lazy? Am I being joyful and patience, continuing to pray fervently? When have I helped God's people in need? Am I eager to practice hospitality or do I really, really selfishly enjoy my seclusion? These are hard questions and they're incredibly, incredibly applicable. 
And we can continue to go through this text piece by piece, allowing it to transform our minds and our actions to show that we have submitted to God's desires. Such a cool text, honestly. And here at Northland, we have quite a few ways to get connected and to grow together. Uh, It is a joy and a pleasure to get to serve alongside you guys. And we have a congregation that is submitting to God. And and I am excited to turn and say, keep doing it. This is awesome. Look how much you've grown. And I also want to encourage you, if, if you haven't taken that step, or maybe you've stalled out and let's hit another growth spurt. Let's do this together. Let's, let's come alongside one another and, and take that step to grow by being transformed by the renewal of your mind and submitting yourself to God's desires so that we, as North Point, can actively live out and become Christ in our community. God, I thank you. I just, I want to take a minute just to really reflect on this text and just challenge one another to to live out in godly life who you are. God, thank you for for the measurement uh, of, of what Romans 12 offers. And thank you so much for the opportunity to encourage one another in our growth. It's in your name we pray. Amen.